Welcome to The Publicist Speaks. I'm here today with Jillian. Uh, pronounce your real last name. Walquist. Walquist. There we go. Uh, it's not how I what I normally call you, but there you go. We both have uh, really funny last names. I'm Jessica Shushka, if you didn't already know that. So today, I have Jillian. I, I asked Jillian on to this podcast to... Uh, talk about her writing and I reached out to you on Facebook and at first you weren't 100% sure about coming <laughs> no, on. No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but I'm super happy that you're here. Welcome. I'm happy to be here too and uh, no, the, the way you kind of pitched it to me it sounded actually kind of innovative and something that I hadn't heard before uh, on a lot of podcasts and so I thought, thought it was kind of a fun idea and I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on here. So I am doing a little bit of a a couple of different uh, writing styles on this podcast. Uh, the very first one I did was talking about poetry. And I had Brandon come on and he talked about how he write what he writes poetry for and what it does for him versus mm-hmm. what it does for his readers and his listeners. Yeah, I actually listened to that one. I, I thought it was really fascinating. It was interesting to hear the differences between the way he thinks about things, the way I do. I'm not a poet. Um, I'm not either. Uh, and, but I've read some of his work. I mm-hmm. really, you know, I, I think I, I like seeing how he channels his energy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really good. It's and really and uh, so that was super interesting. But he's never published anything. Mm-hmm. So you actually, I, I found out via Facebook also about um, the anthology Fall into Fantasy that you've contributed to. And I wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about your that the piece that you wrote and a whole bunch of other writing things. So tell me the title of uh, the piece that you wrote. Yeah. So the piece I wrote uh, is actually called Weirwood. Um, it is a fantasy short story, a uh, very uh, high fantasy style, um, kind of in the age of a dying fantasy world. So one that is slowly being rolled over into more of a medieval era uh, world Ooh, wi- without uh, the mystical creatures that once were there. And um, it was a piece that I was actually, I actually wrote uh, in 2006, originally wrote in 2016 and submitted it to the Writers of the Future contest. And uh, my first entry ever into that contest. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, a semifinalist in it. That's awesome. Um, and I didn't actually really understand how like that that was actually a pretty well-known writing contest mm-hmm. and and a lot of people submit their stuff to it because mm-hmm. um, I put it up on Facebook and it's a contest that is not affiliated with but it was it's semi-run by the Church of Scientology and I had a friend who, <laughs> who came in who came onto my Facebook feed and basically said basically said you know they they only they only gave you this this because they want to get you into the church of scientology and you know i'm sure you're a great writer but you're not you know it, it, this doesn't mean anything basically <laughs> and it, it just like it, it crashed me for a while <laughs> i was like oh you know i yeah but then you know i was talking to other people like wait you that's, that was your first entry in this contest yeah. and you, you were semi-finalist and I'm like yeah and so I, I went back and I started editing it mm-hmm. and um, over the last year or so I've been trying to kind of get up the gumption to start putting myself out there a little bit 
you know, sending some things out, you know, getting some rejections, you know, mm -hmm. starting starting to build up that publication cycle mm -hmm. above and beyond just writing because I like it and I I enjoy doing it. So, okay. Well, mm -hmm. that's incredible, and I really, I really wanted to have you on because we do also have in, we we publish anthologies with Rare mm -hmm. Bird, um, so uh, having having that in a vein that I'm familiar with is super interesting. However, I we are not we don't have many books that are high fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, Henry Thomas uh, from E.T. and Haunting of Hill House wrote a fantasy novel with us. Mm -hmm debuted that with us but after that we don't have a whole lot of high fantasy so what was it uh is that a genre that you really like to write write in um it's a genre that I started in mm -hmm. I mean I've been I've been my parents have told me I've been acting out my favorite stories and things like that since before I could really talk <laughs> um, so I I've been doing this a long time and I a lot of my early inspirations came from things like Lord of the Rings. Yep. Um, my dad read to me a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of started with that high fantasy. I wouldn't say it's my favorite genre okay. to write um, or really the genre that I write most. Okay. I feel like it's a really saturated genre. And yeah. I personally am actually super picky with my high fantasy stories <laughs> because I've read so many of them. Of when I pick up a book cover and I'm like, Oh, you know, boy slash girl doesn't realize that they're special and they yep. go on this, you know, journey and they they're special. <laughs> and then uh, and I'm like, OK, I and there's dwarves and elves, but they all mean slightly different things. Yep. And I'm like, I, I can't I can't. It's do it. too I, much. I, I, I need some twists. Yeah. You know? But this this one in this story um, actually came. I get a lot of my inspiration from listening to other podcasts. Oh, OK. Um, and so uh, with this story in particular, I was hearing a story about. Um, you know, people, a woman encountering a wolf pack in the wild. So she was on a hiking trail okay. and the wolf pack wound up treeing her mm. and they later went and hunted down the wolf pack and, <laughs> and just her feelings on that of, but I was in their space, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't. You know, they, they weren't in my house. Like, no, I, was I was in, in their, their house. house. Yep. And the conflicting feelings that she had around that. Mm -hmm. And so it was that kind of brought up things for me. Like, oh, well, what if, what if those werewolves, you know, what if those wolves were slightly human? You yeah. Know, like, what if they had a human aspect to them? And that kind of leads itself very much into a high fantasy setting. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Which is, su that's a super, actually, I like the vaguely inspired by something else that you heard. Mm -hmm. uh, just with a twist on it, like you were saying. Um, but you had mentioned that high fantasy isn't necessarily your favorite to write. So what is your favorite to write? Um, I do a lot of kind of nitty gritty sci-fi. Um, okay. You know, Star Wars kind of. Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Firefly. Uh, those have all been really big uh, influences on me. I, I like I, I often say I like things where you have to kind of kick the engine core to get it running, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. When, when things are clean and streamlined or like in, in high fantasy where everyone is noble and yeah. daring, it's, it just gets kind of boring, boring. for me. Yeah, I, star I, same story. Yeah, yeah. I, I like people, I like characters who are a little, have some issues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so you primarily work in uh, short story slash essay mm -hmm. type um yeah. what are you interested in branching beyond that or are you kind of just like dipping your toe in with just short stories for now 
oh my gosh, I have tried to branch beyond that so many times. <laughs> I just picked up like six boxes from my parents' house of half and three quarters finished short stories, mm-hmm. pieces of novels, mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm sorting through them all. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Why didn't I finish this? And then I pick up, oh my gosh, this is so good. Why didn't I finish this? <laughs> and for me, the real challenge hasn't really been, you know, yeah, developing your writing style, becoming a profi- proficient writer, mm-hmm. things like that. And I, I've definitely grown in that over time, but it's it's the struggle to try and actually finish a piece, to, yeah, not, to not get to the middle and and have this doubt within yourself of why am I doing this? Yeah, you know, this this doesn't sound good to me anymore. I don't know where this is going. Yeah, I'm, just gonna I'm lost. I'll, I'll come back to it. Exactly, exactly. And I I think in writing a lot of times there's a um trying to trying to find the right words to explain it, but you know there there's a constant pressure if you if people read your your work and they think it's good. Mm-hmm. There's this constant pressure to become a published author, of course, and to you know oh you you got to sell this and I I think there's a lot of times a pressure to monetize your hobbies, whatever they are. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're so good at this. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta write and get published and go yep. out there. And I, I don't think that's oftentimes true. You know, I, I yeah. don't think you always have to do that. Yeah. And I think sometimes the pressure of that sometimes gets to you, get, can get to you a little bit. Yeah. I think that, uh, Brandon and I touched on that a little bit in his episode where he was talking about how it, it, the thought of publishing his poetry had never even occurred to him because he's not writing it for other people. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for himself, which I think makes a very interesting point. Whereas like you can be a great writer. You can be, you can love your own work and other people hate it. Like that's all real true and real possible, but that doesn't denigrate or take away from the fact that you're still a writer. And I think that that's something being in the publishing industry that a lot of people don't understand. It's like, oh, I wrote this and I love it. So it needs to get published. Not necessarily. You can just do it yourself. Like we have all of these platforms these days, different social medias, different journal, whatever places that you can post your stuff and have people support you and have people like it and have people whatever. And maybe it gets published later and maybe it doesn't. But it's really hard to explain that to people who are absolutely and actually hearing your podcast uh with Brandon mm-hmm. earlier that it kind of it validated me in a little bit in in a small way mm-hmm. you know when he's like no I'm writing this for me and I was mm-hmm. like I absolutely agree like a yeah. lot of times I'm just writing things because it popped in my head yeah and I'm like and I really enjoy the way the words go on the page and I like the sound of how <laughs> words interact with each other and yeah. nuances of meaning and I just enjoy getting it out there yeah and it's it's been nice to have some of those platforms where I can put things up and um, have people you know like it or comment it. And I feel yeah, like I brighten their brighten yeah. their day a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, uh, like the past couple of weeks, I've been doing something where I ask people, I was like, hey, give me a writing prompt, and then I I've been that. yeah, then my I've been cycling through like one or two a day, and it's been good for me too because it's a no pressure situation. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm having to prep it to publish it yeah of course um which I'm I'm doing as well and there's been some I've discovered some great marketplaces where you can you know look up and just start going down Mm -hmm. going down the list and start submitting Submitting. you know rejection cycling through and I'm kind of dipping my toe in the water of like oh well maybe I could you know actually do something with this yeah because I've always been kind of on that boundary between am I doing this for me or am I doing this because I actually want to do this for 
other a living yeah, a living or yeah. a part of a living or right. you know something like that so. one of my things mm-hmm. now don't tell my boss guys it's a secret <laughs> uh one of the things that we frequently talk about in our office is if, don't try to publish a book for a living don't try to publish a book for money mm-hmm. publish a book because you love whatever you're doing mm-hmm. because the likelihood of especially especially from like hold on how am I going to formulate this to not get fired uh, <laughs> it's really hard to be Stephen King when you're not Stephen King or J.K. Rowling or uh, the Fifty Shades Lady, uh, E.L. James or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to be, to become that. And a lot of people have this idea in their head that if they publish a book, it's going to immediately become a New York Times bestseller or uh, you're going to be a millionaire or whatever. And there is one J.K. Rowling. There's one Stephen King. There's there's one. Mm-hmm. But also these people have been writing for 100 years and have 90 million books. So it's hard to it's hard to talk to a a, a new author or a new mm-hmm. contributor and be like this is great and I love this and whatever and I'm going to support you but at the same time helping them like uh ten, tender their um feelings a little. Mhm because the likelihood of a New York Times bestseller coming out of the first, like oh, right absolutely. off the gate. I, absolutely. And and one of the huge things for me is I, I think I'll, I, I think some people, you know, me included to a certain extent, you know, when people tell you, oh, you're such a good writer, mm-hmm. you automatically go, oh, I'm, you know, I, I should be a novelist and mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write one book and it's going to be the best book in the world. And then I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. But there are so many good writers out there, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm not a foodie, but I oftentimes think of it in terms of like, there are so many good home cooks out there. You know, mm. there, there are home cooks mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. could cook better than some of the, you know, some of the top New York chefs, yeah, of course. you know, but just because you make a brilliant pasta sauce doesn't mean that you need to bottle it jar it and sell it yeah you know and you you can cook your for your family you yeah. can cook for your you know, friends you can have dinner parties yep. you know it and it doesn't mean that you're any less of a cook yeah of course and it's, yeah. it doesn't make writing for yourself doesn't make you any less of a writer exactly and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. i think that's gonna be my my thoroughfare in this mm-hmm. this vein of uh episodes that i'm doing because i'm gonna have uh joe mm-hmm. aka giuseppe on mm-hmm. here oh and, yeah he does great blog stuff and i'm gonna and I, love I like and his. yeah mm-hmm. his he has a very interesting and more um i don't want to say more real but like it's visceral in a way mm-hmm. that fiction isn't inherently visceral mm-hmm. um but it's like it's there's uh how, i don't even know how i was describing it i was talking about him and his blogs and it's just it's raw it is. It is. And, you know, I think a lot of blog writers, you know, because they don't, a, a lot of the ones, really good ones that I know that I, I you know, I read and a lot mm-hmm. of them are my friends, they're, they they tap into something and mm-hmm. there's a certain bravery that goes along with kind of putting your expression out there yeah. these days. You know, it's it's so tough and there's so many critics and people jumping all over you for, oh, for, what, for what you believe and what you think. Yeah, you know, your feelings. whatever yeah exactly and so I I think he does a fantastic job with that uh so I'm gonna actually take that and lead it into a question um do you think that there is a a difference for you in your writing at home versus a piece that you have or like 
something that you wrote for yourself or for your kids or for whatever versus something that you wrote to get published? Well, definitely a lot more editing. Right. <laughs> of course. So it's definitely, you know, combing through and trying to edit um, things. And sometimes I have made the mistake of trying to write to the publication that mm -hmm. I'm trying to trying to publish. Like I'll read their pieces. And I, I, I've done a couple of those and I just don't think it's off authentically me yeah of course um and so I'm kind of doing it on the flip side because uh I've been working through the submission grinder mm -hmm. and so I now write a piece mm -hmm. and then I go and shop which market I think is is it best potentially for, it. for mm -hmm. you know good for it but kind of going back to the cooking metaphor like I feel like I'm on that juncture where it's like I have to make that decision like do I actually want to learn how to do this professionally or of course not? yeah and it's a big question you yeah. know it's like do do, do I just want to do my you know my, my little home home you know flash fiction Your and pieces put it, yeah. yeah put it up on Facebook and have people go oh my gosh I want to read the rest of it and yeah do I actually want to sit down and write and dedicate the rest of it. I mean, I got a full-time job, like small I'm children, small children, you know, an Michael. hour and a half commute. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting decision. And then yeah. my husband's like been diving into wood woodworking, woodworking and he's been doing so many amazing things. And mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, I want to support you because you're actually sitting down and you're taking the patience that I yeah, haven't over the course. years and actually making some beautiful things. Yeah. So he it's is. Like, I, you know, I want to support him too. And it's like, I, you probably understand this. I'm the person who wants to do all the things. Weird. And I, can't I have do no all idea the what that's you, like. You have no clue. How. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at no, all. but it was really funny. Uh, as I'm getting, I, literally as I'm driving here today, I found out that I got the site for July coronation. <laughs> and I'm like, great, I'm going to have time to respond to this email and then do all my other things and of course I walk in and my laptop is dead <laughs> so I'm like well guess I'm doing that tonight yeah because uh, <laughs> I was like yes I have time mm -hmm. just kidding I totally understand because I'm the person who wants to do all the things and forgets all the things of course yeah of course mm -hmm. that's the only time yeah. Yeah, only time exactly <laughs> um so then speaking of time as you said, you have a full-time job, an hour and a half mm -hmm. commute, a husband, children, a hobby where you're kind of important a little bit, smidgen. Uh, how do you, where do you write? Um, I have been writing in like the last like half hour of my workday. So Ooh, okay. I, I have a really flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes, I mean, I'll clock out basically. It's like this, this is just my time, but I'll but kind of there. push all my break time to that like last half hour of the day. Of course. And I'll go, okay, I can't leave the office until I put up this next flash fiction. There you, you go. Because I'm trying to work through this list. Mm -hmm. um, or oftentimes actually my daughter... Uh, we were struggling to get her to go to sleep. Um, she wouldn't go to sleep unless someone was next to her. Uh -huh. And so, in you know, and we were struggling with that, struggling with that and going, oh, my gosh, this is just eating up our evening. This is so tough. And then I was I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, what if I took my iPad and sat down next to her in bed and then I wrote right until she fell asleep. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing that as well. And that gives me a good, you know, 30 minutes or so. Of and I, I open up my my iPad after I read her stories and, you know, and then I just write until she falls asleep. And go. it's like that. And once she's asleep, I'm done. Doesn't matter where I'm at, you know, then, mm -hmm. then I can get up and leave. Yeah. But it's it's finding those moments where you're anchored. 
Yeah. You know, and where you can't really feasibly do anything else. Yeah. Where <laughs> this is my time to exactly. focus on mm-hmm. X thing. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. a great way to compartmentalize and still get everything done and mm-hmm. multitask. And as I- I've seen you raising your kids and doing in crazy, <laughs> crazy things in our hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you're, you've got that down. You learned, you made it, you've mastered it. I stumble through. <laughs> <laughs> um so what is the very first piece that you wrote that you can like vividly remember i want other people to read this oh my gosh um well i mean if you want to take it way back i always want people to read my stuff that's that's not that's not that's not 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 really a question i mean i i wrote something in kindergarten and like ran home like mommy mommy read Read what i wrote yeah of course Um, uh, I'm a very social person, and right. so I tend to rely heavily on the feedback and of thoughts mm-hmm. of others. I, you know, I, I like hearing people's feedback, and I like having an audience. Um, I'm trying to trying to remember. I mean, I, I, oh, I did a piece in high school. Okay. Um, roughly based on my family's experience, um, like my grandmother's and my great-grandparents mm-hmm. experienced during World War II okay. um, because they were German. They'd been immigrants into the U.S. for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandmother spoke about remembering like when uh, when the when the war started, all of a sudden they didn't speak German anymore. Like no. everyone in the house spoke English, mm-hmm. you know, like all the German traditions were gone. Um you know, the, Oof. yeah, they, they, they even went like from using, you know, the, you know, traditional German bakery bread to like American bread. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's... like e- even like the sandwich bread would switch. And it's that's like, crazy. it's, you know, and just, and, and so my grandmother actually doesn't remember how to speak German because they stopped speaking it in, in her house when she was about nine When she was old. so young. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I wrote, um, I wrote a piece based on that for my high school newsletter, and I I've read it again recently, and it's it, it holds up. <laughs> That's good. Though. Uh, so some things I changed, but but it holds up. Um, uh, and so it's about a girl going through that because her parents are so afraid that they're going to come and round up all the Germans. Of course. And, and at the end of the piece, you know, her, her, she walks in, and her mother breaks down crying. It's like it's not us; it's the Japanese. Yeah. And so it's like that, you know, and so, it, you know, a very high school piece, very yeah. like reflecting on, you know, history life. and life and things like that. Um, but yeah, that I, I think that was like one of the first pieces where I was like, you know, I, I really want people to read this. I think it has an interesting like message, fa- interesting yeah. take, you mm-hmm. know, and I think it's it's a really cool, you know, kind of thing. So that's super interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually was an editor of my high school newspaper. Oh, <laughs> um, So that's actually a really interesting uh connection but my newsletter we never did never did fiction pieces like that so we spent most of our time doing like spotlights on this kid or that kid Mm -hmm. or this teacher or we had um yeah it it was actually really cool it wasn't just the newsletter it was like a mm -hmm. separate publication like a kind of a conglomeration anthology type thing that they did every year like through the journalism class of course but they compiled everything together and they did like poetry pieces you could submit stuff to Mm -hmm. it and it was really neat like my high school did a lot of cool stuff um so we did so i think the very first time i wrote something for 
the newspaper that I was just like, I like this. I did the, I did a really good job was, uh, God, was it when Prince died? No, I'm older than that. Some famous somebody singer died mm-hmm. and I wrote up, I was just like picked to write about it and it got, um, our newsletter, that, that particular newsletter mm-hmm. got, ended up getting republished for the city. Oh, that's so cool. So that was super cool. Um, I didn't even realize how, like what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, until I was in college and my favorite professor had a comedy tragedy whatever class that he Mm -hmm. was running and it started out with like a whole bunch of students but by day one there were three of us oh wow so we just barely met the Mm -hmm. the minimum for the class to still go and it only counted as the minimum because he uh fudged the enrollment a little (laughs) so there's supposed to be a four students for a class to stay Mm -hmm. active uh there were three of us but he ended up turning it into a uh like we were all we all ended up being god what do you call it when someone goes in audit an auditor audited class Mm -hmm. that's a hard word to say so the three of us ended up going through his curriculum with him and he was teaching us stuff and whatever. Um, but at the end of each segment, we our, our, our job was going through the class and editing it. Oh. And being like, mm-hmm. this, is, this piece was useless for this section. Mm-hmm. This piece was, would have been good for th- that section. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, the three of us ended up being named on his core curriculum. Oh, that's so So cool. he now teaches it. Uh, with all three of us so it's like whatever class it's like comedy the the tragedy of comic mm-hmm. of comedy or whatever um and the f- so it's like by professor whatever and then the three of us are named in, in the such curriculum a neat experience it was very weird yeah being able to go through and be a part of that it was and it was really interesting because we didn't even in the moment the three of us were just like he's like we had mm-hmm. he had been our favorite professor for a very long time so we were all just like joking around Uh with him and messing around with him um but none of us really understood exactly (laughs) what he was having us do until the next semester when we got letters in the mail being like oh congratulations you're a contributor to this course for the school and we're just like i'm sorry what did we do (laughs) that's so cool and so that was super interesting Mm -hmm. and super cool and i really liked being a part of that um but uh so it, it's very interesting to me hearing about fiction writers mm-hmm. because that's never been something that I've been especially good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just like, I'll argue with you about whatever topic <laughs> until I die. But I don't know if I could make stuff up about it. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, fiction almost comes easier than writing something about something real right because i i feel like fiction in a lot of ways um and science um science fiction has been doing this forever Mm -hmm. uh it gives you a venue to explore some of these deep things and you know hurtful things and you know issues in a way that you can look at it without 
really diving into those feelings and being overwhelmed by them. Almost like depersonalizing them so that you could understand them. Exactly. Exactly. Or putting them in a different situation going, well, you think about it this way in this situation, but what if we put it in a different place and we change the characters and you're still dealing with this topic. Do you still think the same way? about this you know or 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 is or maybe does your opinion shift a little bit how interesting and so i think over the ages you know even even back to when stories began i mean Mm -hmm. it's they're not just morality tales but they allow people to kind of take you know take think abstractly and take take their i don't know how to but kind of take take their thoughts out of their brain yeah no you know, i get and it. stir them around a little bit like i'm thinking like Put them in, into someone else's brain yeah exactly i'm thinking like in harry potter where albus dumbledore can like touch the, the <laughs> wand to his head and like yeah. put it put it in the bowl in the bowl you know his, oh my God, his memories my, yeah. you know and i i feel like stories in a lot of ways uh, especially fantasy allow you to do that when it's well written and it's you know it's a great story and you yeah, can just course. dive into it and explore some of those big themes Mm -hmm. and you know or small themes like even things that you're just struggling with day to day yeah of course you know just go oh well what you know what what would happen if you know this happened or (laughs) how 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 do I feel about this you know given this situation yeah yeah (laughs) so then is your favorite author a fantasy or sci-fi author uh, that is a good question. I don't, I, I was thinking, cause I knew you'd ask me. This question. <laughs> so I was thinking uh, on this, on the way over here and I don't actually particularly have a favorite author. Okay. I have a lot of authors I enjoy, like Tolkien, you know, is like my, you know, diehard, like, absolutely, g- you know, got, got me started kind of thing, but I don't actually reread those books no, super often. Of course not. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'm I yeah I've been trying to trying to think it over and there's been so many books where I dive deep into them like there's mm-hmm. a lot of things I like um, for instance about like Brandon Sanderson does a really <laughs> good job constructing magic systems. Um, what why are you laughing? <laughs> okay, so uh, my darling boyfriend loves him, loves Brandon Sanderson. We have every single one of the books that he's mm-hmm. ever written on our bookshelves. He has been trying to get me to read The Way of Kings for the entirety of our relationship. (laughs) I have officially gotten halfway through it three times. (laughs) I still haven't finished it. I I started with Mistborn, and that actually helped a little bit. Um, It's like 90 million pages. I, 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 that's the other problem. I don't have time right now to do 90 million pages. But I can read Stephen King and J.R.R. Tolkien with no problem. (laughs) That's really funny. But I can't. I just can't. What, what, what do you think is the difference between the two? Because Stephen so King and J.R.R. Tolkien are slow. like two different. So I can do Tolkien. Mm-hmm. I could do uh, Stephen King. And I can do uh, George R.R. R. Martin mm-hmm. without any issues. That's fascinating. Which is so funny because I, at first I couldn't get into Game of Thrones because it skipped around. Yeah. And I was like, what's fucking happening here? And then I started reading and then I got through all of it and I got like really into it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can get into this now. It's fine. Um, And then I tried to read The Way of Kings and for something about it, it just didn't, it didn't like click with me. It was too, it wasn't fantasy enough for me to be like, this is fantasy, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't real enough for me to be like, this is just fiction about real people. It was this weird in between and the problem I was having with the way with that ser- or that book is it time jumps 
Oh. And it people jumps. Oh, okay. So I'm like, what am I reading? So, Who so, is this? So once Ugh. you're going around the point of views. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like with George R. 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 Martin, he almost lost me in the first couple of chapters. Yeah. I, I stuck with it. And I really like, I love a lot of the stuff he does. But um, yeah, because I just too many people names. Too many people so names. My, my general rule is like if I'm three or four pages into the book and mm-hmm. I still can't pronounce the name of the thing the main character is writing <laughs> on. <laughs> It's probably a no-go for me. <laughs> yeah, that's really fair. That's very fair. So it's like, once you get into the apostrophes and like all, I, 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 it's problematic for me. Like, yeah. I cannot keep going, even though I love, you know, I may love the plot line. It yeah, just, it's, it just, it's rough. Up. No, and I just like, it's really funny because finally I just had to start, I had to, I chose to listen to Way of Kings on audio. Mm-hmm. And that's making it way easier to grasp because it's just like, I don't have to think about how to pronounce the words. Mm-hmm. I just get to make fun of the poor British guy who says gorge wrong, <laughs> which drives me insane every time he talks about it. But uh, it's just, that's, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, I didn't yeah, mean to so interrupt like, you. Other favorite authors. Um, I've always been a Jim Butcher fan. Like I know okay. that like, you know, for some people he like does not write, you know, in, yeah. in their vein. I know that, that there's you know, some people have some valid issues with the way he writes, <laughs> but I, I love him. Yeah. Um uh Mary Robinette Cole is a Ooh, fantastic I don't know. That's a name author. I don't recognize. Oh, I just started getting into her stuff. I um started reading her from the Writing Excuses podcast, which okay. also has Brandon Sanderson, um, Dan Wells and okay. uh couple other people who kind of mix in and out but uh she does uh like austinian style writing but i actually write like her writing better (laughs) than reading straight jane austen a lot of times i'm not um, with hints of magic so it's like an a jane austen style drama with just a little bit of like fairy glamour kind of stuff going on so it's uh and she just writes like i i read her read her writing and I was like she is such a good writer Mm -hmm. like she just has has that spark like she she does a fabulous job and I'm looking forward to reading more of her stuff that's super cool Mm -hmm. um okay so on this same vein of questioning what book have you read so many times that the cover fell off uh the hobbit (laughs) my my copy of the hobbit actually broke into two pieces (laughs) and I had to duct tape the back and uh, now now I have like three copies because of course I asked of course for copies but i i actually um i suffer from migraine headaches Mm -hmm. and when i was growing up it was they were really bad and so i would actually have my my dad had an old like hobbit cassette uh tape like an audio cassette like audio cassette tape in like a little wooden box (laughs) and so when i was having a migraine i would take that box into like because i the only way I could tolerate it. I had to lie on the bathroom floor, like all the lights out. I know exactly. Cold towel under the door, like Mm -hmm. no light. And I would just put my headphones on and just listen to the Hobbit Mm -hmm. on repeat and it, and read it. And so I, that, that book has literally fallen apart. That's hilarious. Oh man. Yeah. And then the, the other book is through a distant mirror, which is actually nonfiction. Um, but it is a, um, I believe it's by Barbara Truckman. Um, don't quote me on that. But I, I'm, ter- I, I'm a terrible author. I'm bad with author names. <laughs> but uh, so am I. Um, uh, she actually, it's a history of the 14th century. 
And so mm-hmm. it's all about um, the plague and like how people lived back then. Because that's the other thing I just dive right into of is course. Non- nonfiction history is history. Stuff. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like so I, I grew up on like Connections by with James Burke. Yeah. Um, I loved that. And that like helped me through so much school because I would just like do a test and then hear his voice in the back of my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was always really great at history. Mm-hmm. We had the History Channel pretty much playing like on repeat for Mm -hmm. my entire childhood and so I always like had just like random knowledge just existing in my brain yeah it's just little voice pops up in the back of your head like this is the answer yeah and I'm just like oh okay cool this is helpful for me thank you (laughs) um but yeah so that's super interesting I it's really funny I um have always loved books I uh think the only book that I have ever read to the point of falling apart was an Edgar Allan Poe collection. Uh, I'm now on mm-hmm. my fourth iteration of his complete works. Oh my goodness. Because I have either lost them or left them places. Have, have you ever been Fallen. to Wicked Lit? No. Oh, you should look them up. Okay. Yeah. So um, friend of a friend, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan jo- Josephson, um, put this together a while ago, but they mm-hmm. do it around Halloween time. Okay. And they... They do dramatizations of various scary stories. And the, 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 the one that I thought is they did a beautiful dramatization of the Cask of Amontillado oh. um, in a graveyard. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bet that was amazing. And and you walk from place to place. It's yeah. actually a curated uh, dramatic. Tour. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So like you'll you'll like they they had um, they had the Cask of Amontillado in the basement Ooh, of the mausoleum. That's so and crazy. it was it was amazing. I love so scary if, shit. If you if you love Poe, I do love Poe. I have him tattooed them. on me, so yeah. I'd like him a little, <laughs> just okay. a little. Uh, my my one eyed cat. <laughs> I um, love all your tattoos. Thank you. Uh, and I I tend to read thing like books that don't belong to me, mm-hmm. um, and then I just buy them, and then I never open them again <laughs> because I read them already. So I need them to be perfect in pristine condition, and then like. Uh, my younger siblings were going through have are now like cycling through my books because mm-hmm. they like need them for school or whatever. And I'm just like, don't hurt my book. <laughs> but like, I will annotate the shit out of all my books and then not need them again until I need them again. Right? <laughs> so, no, totally. And I we're we're all so busy these days. It's oh my tough gosh. to find time to <laughs> to. It's tough to give yourself permission. Yeah. To have time to sit down and read a book. Like, should I read a book or should I eat dinner? Exactly. Story of my life. Well, you could do both, but but it's still like, yeah. you know, should I, should I, you know, should I eat dinner and then I have to go do these other five things or can I give myself permission to just read a little bit of a yeah. book instead of scrolling through my phone? Of course. And it's so tough. It is. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, especially like I have crazy long work days. So I'm out of my house starting at six and I don't get home until after 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I've got really long days. And then like today, I luck, luck, luckily I got to be in late, but I, I have practice to go do after this. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go find, I probably have to go meet with the site for my event mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Um, and it's just like, uh. Yeah, it's so tough. It's like trying to find the time, you know, to, and there's so many books on my bookshelf that I've not gotten oh, a chance to read. Like I have a stack so of many. books. Then I'm like, okay, these are top priority, and those haven't been touched in like months. <laughs> and <laughs> Brandon keeps telling me that I'm not allowed to bring any more of my books home from work because they have now pretty much stacked up m- half of my closet <laughs> space. 
because I'll just like, oh, I needed this for like four minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, or I was like working on something and I needed a specific passage from this page. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, the book just lived in my house now. And he's like, stop it. We don't have enough. And I'm like, you don't need any more Brandon Sanderson books. And he's like, you are wrong. So. Well, there's always room for more Brandon Sanderson Shh, books. Don't. Jill. Okay, fine. Don't fine. encourage him. Brandon, don't, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, on that note, since we don't want Brandon mm-hmm. to listen to it, we can be done now. Sounds good. Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming yeah, in. Absolutely. I'm really happy, happy that here. we got to talk mm-hmm. about your wonderful work, yeah. your short stories, and your inspirations behind it. No, thank you so much for having me in. I, you know, honestly, it, it was one of those like, why do you want me on here? I, <laughs> I really haven't published anything. <laughs> so th- th- thank you so much. It, it actually it was a great experience. Good. I'm very happy. happy to be here. I'm really happy that you came. This has been Publicity Speaks with Jessica Shushka. Until next time, goodbye.